and welcome to Seeing Lee Talk Cold Cases. I'm Christina. And I'm Lindsay. So hi. <laughs> Again. Hi. It's been about 10 seconds since yeah. I've last seen you. It's, uh, I missed you. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess not much housekeeping in this episode. Just go ahead and you can find us on social media at AC Cold Case Talk. That's right? Yeah. Yes. ACC Cold right. Case Talk. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I'm going to actually put the link tree in the show notes. So. Perfect. That way, if we mess up saying it, people can still find it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So, Christina, where are we heading today? So, today um, we're going to be going to Kansas City, Missouri, and we're going to be looking at the case of baby Lisa Irwin. So, information on this story was found at allthatisinteresting.com, the FBI website, kshb.com, and there's a Facebook page available for those looking for updates regarding the case, and all those links will be in the show notes. Okay, so like I said, we'll be heading to Kansas City, Missouri, and we're looking at baby Lisa Irwin. On October 3rd, 2011, she went missing mere hours after being put to bed. She was 10 months old at the time of her disappearance, and it's been well over a decade. She still has not been found. I did not realize she was a baby. I thought it was a nickname. Oh, no. She was she was a baby. I remember when this case broke, I was on the internet, like, just looking for any information I could find. Oh, my gosh. Because it's so, it's so sad. She was just oh, a baby. Yes. Initially, the mother, Deborah Bradley, was suspected in the disappearance, as it often happens in cases like this, though there was simply no evidence found to formally charge her. Uh, the story um, that's kind of, I don't want to say popular, but the accepted story is that an intruder slipped in during the night and made off with the baby. Oh, no. How... Ever, there are a lot more questions than answers in this case. And according to the father, uh, or to the timeline, sorry, according to the timeline, mm-hmm. Lisa's father, Jeremy Irwin, returned home at 4 a.m. to find the door open and lights on. Her mother claimed that she checked on the baby at 10.30 and that all was well. Later, however, she recanted the story and admitted to drinking with a friend and that she wasn't sure when she last checked on the baby, but is certain that at 6.30 p.m., before she started drinking, the baby was asleep in her crib. Mm, this is, this sounds very similar to the Tamara Keepness case I covered. It really the stories, does. stories, yeah. As soon as I saw that, yeah. yeah. So there... Like, so there's not actually a lot of information out there um but there are a lot of theories so um lisa's mother stated that i think that someone was paid to come into our home our house was watched and they waited for the perfect opportunity jeremy Mm. never really worked nights i absolutely believe she was human trafficked Mm. so Looking at that angle, there are witnesses that claim to have seen a man carrying a baby down the street. Video surveillance showed that there was indeed a man leaving a wooded area about 2.30 a.m. However, when investigated further, it was proven that he had a tight alibi 
and only one of the witnesses thought that the man could be the one that they'd seen that night. So, mm. with that theory, there's no real further leads or suspects corroborating it. Um, another theory follows a lead that Jeremy found three cell phones were missing from their home. His belief is that whoever has the phones has Lisa. Hmm. So, yeah, records show a 50-second phone call to a woman named Megan Wright. However, she's stated she's not the one who answered the phone. She's been named as an ex-girlfriend of a person in interest in the case, though. And the thought is that whoever had the phone either knows something or has Lisa. Uh, both Bradley and Irwin deny making the phone call, and there are no clues as to who made the call or why. And also, there was no... Like I said, um, she's been named as an ex-girlfriend of a person of interest, but there was no name yeah. going along with that. So I don't know who that person is. So they're obviously um, still holding that information close. Yeah. So the final theory is that baby Lisa was killed. At the time of dis the disappearance, there was a lot of public scrutiny surrounding the mother, especially uh, cadaver mm. dogs got a hit near the bed when they searched Bradley's bedroom. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. But, I mean, again, that could be anything. She could Or have, it could be something. Yeah. It could, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Bradley has been quoted as saying she did not look for her daughter because she was afraid of what she might find. A failed lie detector test put her even further under the microscope. An ex-friend went to the press stating that Bradley had a dark side and that murder was not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, wow. And, I mean, but you've got to look at the source, too. We don't know much mm -hmm. about the source and what her intentions are. Ex-friend, could have they fought and she's just out to ruin her life? Right. So, uh, despite the claims of her former friend and the police stating she failed the lie detector test... Uh, Bradley maintains her innocence. Again, as mentioned before, there was never enough evidence to formally charge either of the parents. Also, lie detector tests aren't always 100%. She could have been nervous. She could have been tapping her leg. She could have been... Exactly. She could have had anxiety. I know when I'm being pressed for information, my heart rate skyrockets. So, you know, they could be exactly. like, you, you shot Lincoln. And I've been like, oh, okay, cool. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yep, I did it. Yeah, I guess I did it because my heart rate's showing that I did it, you know? Yeah. So I always don't 100% believe in lie detector tests. Yeah. I mean, they can be used as a good tool, but they're not even admissible in court. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a good tool to pull out a confession from someone who probably wasn't going to confess, but now they might because they think you're onto them. Yeah. But... Yeah, or and sometimes we've even heard of people being told they failed when that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, so you know, it's yeah, so, it's, it's something. Yes, yeah. So um, Bradley and Irwin, the parents, they still maintain hope that baby Lisa, who would now be eleven years old, will one day return home. So here's just a little bit about. Uh, Baby Lisa, she was born Lisa Renee Irwin on November 11th, 2010 in Kansas City, Missouri. She's described as having blonde hair and blue eyes, and at the time of the disappearance, she was 10 months old. She has a birthmark on her right thigh. 
So um, if you have any information, again, the FBI website is accepting tips. And you can also contact the Kansas City Crime Stoppers. And all that contact information will be in the show notes. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, you know, listening to this story, you want to... Because of, especially recently in the past how many years, there has been a lot of parental homicide. Mm-hmm. So you think of that, and then you think of how high the trafficking is. And, right. you know, and then, yeah, it's like you wonder if one of the parents had some, an enemy or something, um, or the mom was acting kind of suspicious, like, I wasn't drinking, but oops, I was drinking, yeah. No. Um, I think a couple sources did say like she was pretty drunk. Mm. I don't know the extent of that. And pretty drunk for you might be pretty different from pretty drunk yeah. for me. Yeah. Y- you know, you can't. Yeah, it's you not can... like they did a sobriety <laughs> test on her. Yeah, exactly. They and could... they have like, you know, this is how much she had in her system. They don't have any of that. It's it's hearsay. Exactly. It's 100% hearsay. So it's it's just hard when you're thinking about it and you're like, well, mm, like what, what could all the theories... And then you start cycling around and around and around and you really can't know anything until the yeah. police know something or someone talks. Again, like exactly. every situation. Someone has to talk and someone knows something. Someone and, knows. And, and then another theory, not that the mom just like did it like the friend said you know oh she had a dark side i mean accidents happen people get scared that could be a theory um you know it it could be anything and even though the mom was acting kind of suspicious and was under scrutiny there are witnesses saying they saw someone walking with a baby yeah so who is that person yeah who is that somebody saw something like yeah yeah. And, and, you know, people grieve differently too. Exactly. Some, some people, you know, she might've been acting where they thought she was suspicious, but that could have just been, maybe she didn't know how to regulate her emotions or something or, you know, it's, there's never a cut and dry thing until again, we exactly. know, <laughs> we know what happens. And until that person is, you know, found and questioned, you know, could have maybe, you know, I'll throw this out here. Maybe that person was holding a dog or something and people mistook it as a baby if it was dark out. And, you know, that could you be know. it too. There's, you know, there's different things. Or maybe it was nefarious and it was baby Elisa. So. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that the dad came home and found the door open. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's scary too. And. Like I said, even though the mom had been drinking. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty drunk before. I never left yeah. my door open. Yeah. And you know, you know, in a situation like that, maybe in her drunken state, she did check on the baby. Baby wasn't there. Right. And you sober up pretty darn fast when something scary oh, happens. Yeah. So maybe she threw all the lights on and she threw the doors open. You know. That could that. be it too. I, I know my son, he took off one time on me it turned out he just went to school (laughs) but (laughs) yeah he got in the the school provided cab and the cab driver had texted me but my phone system wasn't 
working good. And yeah. So I know that panic of throwing, yeah. you know, freaking out and, you know, leaving doors open and stuff like that. So I, I can under, you know, I think in my mind, okay, well, you know, maybe she checked, oh my God, baby's not here. Full panic. Yeah. So. Or, you know, or accidentally left the door unlocked. Like I said, yeah. I don't usually throw the door open unless I'm, like you said, panicked. So if, she, if it was open, maybe she just forgot to lock the door and yeah. the person found easy access in. Maybe one of the other kids, because they do have two other kids. Um, yeah. I think they were hers from a previous relationship. Maybe they got up and were playing with the door. Yeah. You, but they they were not missing. Just yeah. just the little girl. Yeah, so that's that's a yeah, that's, that's tough. It's yeah. so many questions and not enough answers. <sighs> and it's sad. And that's um, that information, a lot of it, it's, it is literally from over a decade ago. Yeah. There's not been much new information oh, out that's... in this case yeah. in the last 10 years. And that's sad because it's almost like, well, if they don't have the information, they can't do anything. They can't take and, uh, you know, try to press people or press the mom and stuff like that. Cause she, you know, more right. than likely she's probably still grieving. If, if she had, if she wasn't the one responsible, I'm not going to say she yeah, was, right. I'm not going to say she's not, you know, but, you know, it's... Yeah, we don't have we don't have that information. Even yeah. the police don't have that information. Yeah. so... You know. It's one of those things. The fun. The funness of true crime and cold cases. Yeah. All the unknown. All the unknown, so... Yeah. So, now, moving on to Canada, what do you have for us today? So today I have the story of a family hoping for a new life in Canada that ended in a tragedy a decade ago in Regina, Saskatchewan. There, and there are still many questions surrounding the triple murder of the Tuma family. So Gray Nay Tu, age 31, and his wife Mama, 28, and their three-year-old son, 7 June Tu, were found dead in their home on August 6, 2010. It is said that Mama was also pregnant with their second child. Not much is known about the two family, even less it seems, is known for certain who killed them and why. The family were Karen refugees who had moved to Saskatchewan from a refugee camp in Thailand. In 2010, Ling Non Thang, a minister at a Regina church, said the family joined his congregation after arriving in Regina in 2007. He said, they've said they felt good and it was a good country and a free country and they were happy here in this country. There was lots of troubles going on in Burma. There was fighting going on and many people lost their homes but he admitted the family was having problems making ends meet. Only the husband was working and there was not enough money to pay and feed their family and pay the rent, Thang said. 
The three bodies were found after a property manager checked the townhouse where the neighbors were complaining about the odor coming from it. Then police chief Troy Hagen provided an update to the media a day after the bodies were found. This would be the worst incident of multiple homicides in Regina in our history, Hagen said. At the time, a neighbor named Wayne reacted to the discovery. Uplands is a pretty good area. Not too much happens. I've been here 14 years and I've never seen this happen before. Everyone's just uneasy about it too, he said. At the time, a woman named Mandy explained what she heard prior to the bodies being found. I know what fireworks sound like and it wasn't fireworks. It was very loud. It was close. Very close, Mandy said. While Mandy said she heard shots... While Mandy said she heard shots, Hagen said the initial events investigation showed a gun was not involved. Members of the Burmese community were shocked by the murders. Reverend Mark McKim confirmed the family was part of the community in 2010. I think I've experienced a certain degree of fear of what time means, McKim said at the time. Kenya too, Gray Nay. Two's cousin remembers his relative as a good father who looked, took care of his family. He worked at a recycling business, and Kenya said even though money was tight sometimes, he never dipped into the money he was saving for his three-year-old son's education. That's why he came here with his family, so they could have a better life, and when his kid grows up, he could go to university and be whatever he wants to be, Kenya too said. Two said the past year's have been hard on him and the other members of the tight-knit Karen community. When I found out he was dead, I was shocked and mad, at, and at the same time, I was so scared, I felt so mad. Two said it changed the way he felt about his community because everyone was seen as a suspect. However, Two said he's has allowed himself to trust again and is even offering forgiveness to the person or people responsible for his cousin's homicide. Whoever said this, I'm not hating anymore, he said. We are all humans. People do make mistakes. Which is very, very, very strong of him. I'm not sure I would yeah. be able to have that compassion and that forgiveness in my heart when that happened. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it. I just, I, people with compassion like that are amazing humans. Two said most of his young life was spent hiding from the military in the jungles of Burma. It was all because of hate. Instead of hate, why don't we give love because all humans need love? That is the most beautiful phrase. Two is asking anyone with information to help by going to the police. This is your own people. Love can give you peace for life. That's what I believe. Multiple police agencies, including the RCMP and the FBI have looked into the case, but no charges have been laid in the three murders. Hagen says two people who ha may have been involved are being watched. Certainly the inv investigation has progressed to the point that we certainly have a couple of people in mind and I am satisfied the investigation is moving forward, Hagen said. But police don't have enough information to call them suspects. This case has been assigned to the cold case unit, which continues to investigate leads and allocates the resources to maintain the work. A $50,000 reward remains in place for information that could help with the case. And they actually recently renewed that. 
Oh, nice. They did that one, and they also did the Tamra Keekness reward. They both are good. have the rewards renewed, which is good. So there aren't many theories, but I did come across some on Reddit, of course. I did find a lot of news articles and such. Uh, will be in the show notes. But on Reddit, they're not always reliable, but... Someone mentioned that the murder might be linked back to their home country, but there's no confident reports on that. That maybe something happened back home and they were traced to Canada. But there's really, I couldn't find anything that was substantial to go, okay, well, yeah, that could be it. But that is a theory. As well, there's never been any motive or mention of cause of death. So I I just, you know, are the police withholding the information in hope someone will know, someone knows and they'll slip up? Or is it legitimately they just don't know? I've also seen, like, on Reddit, numerous comments about a murder-suicide feel to it. But... Even that doesn't seem right. Like, yeah, money was a concern, but would he really go that route? Also, they're kind of, the police are kind of labeling it as a homicide. But why? Like, there's, there was, you know, the one witness heard shooting, but they said there was no shooting. Like, there's no gun. They didn't Mm -hmm. recover a gun. Like a murder, but there's no murder weapon. You know, could something within the household have caused this death? Like something else happened? You know, it's just, it. it's a really, there's no answers. Like it's a really confusing case. And that's why I wanted to cover it because it's so heartbreaking. They were looking for a new life in Canada and all of a sudden, poof, like that. Yeah. The whole family's gone. And they said it wasn't a shooting. Yeah. Did they say anything like, were there injuries on them? Were they just... There was... We could... Like, when I was looking, couldn't find any cause of death. Hmm. Nothing. So that's that's the confusing thing is, yeah, there was no cause of death. They've never released a cause of death. And so that's it's... so weird. It's just up in the air of what what happened to them and even like i i when i was researching it i spent so many hours on reddit and just searching like you know random things and of course there was some really outlandish ones like oh my god they were like in some sort of mafia or something and i'm like that's ridiculous like that everybody wants to blame the mafia right and i'm like oh come on like it's i really i i hate to say it i kind of think I am leaning towards something that followed them from their home country because they weren't here for very long. So that's not long enough to create perhaps enemies or something. And yeah, I know or even get involved with, with something that might cause that you usually if, if you get involved in something mm-hmm. that ultimately winds up in your death you've been involved with it for a little while. It's not just like, Hey, I did this two days ago and now I'm gone. It's yeah. 
there's always a build-up. There's build not up. enough time to establish. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's really confusing. And like I said, you know, people saying that it was a murder-homicide. Or murder, murder-suicide, sorry. I still, like I said before, I don't believe that because he was such a loving father and a loving husband. Yeah. That, like, I know I've heard of cases where they snap. But it doesn't really seem... The information didn't seem like, and if it would have been a murder-suicide, the cops would have listed it. They would have known. They, they would have. And my thing that drives me away from that theory is it sounds like they were involved in their church community. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that their, what does it say, pastor? Yeah. Knew of their situation. So I'm assuming that maybe the community was rallying around them and helping them, you oh, know, as churches do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, I know of this community. Obviously, I'm not involved with them, but I know of them, and they will give you the shirts off their backs. They are very kind people. So the, I can guarantee they were rallying around them, helping them out, and, you know, yeah. making sure that, you know, they were taken care of. So Well, especially if they're coming from... Um, Burma. Kind of a hostile yeah. place, yeah. And they're coming here to start over. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are in that same situation or have been in that situation. Yeah. So they know what it's like and they're not going to just let them. Yeah, they're not going to. Fend for themselves. Exactly. And we have, we have a lovely, wonderful system, the Open Door Society here in Regina, mm-hmm. that they, they help, you know, immigrants and you know, everything, they help them with job placements and stuff. So they're not left floating. Like they're, yeah. they're, you know, when someone immigrates to Regina, to Saskatchewan, to Canada, they're, they're welcome. They're hundred, hundred percent. There's of course, you know, you get some of the people that are, you know, a little whatever, but the majority of society, we welcome our immigrant, you know, brothers and sisters to come here and live beside us because you know everybody deserves a chance at peace and for them to meet to leave such a terrible situation where they came from to end up murdered is just terrible and yeah i would i would love for there to be an update i would really it's been however many years, 10, 10 years, 11 years now, it's been a few years. And, uh, yeah. you know, I would just love one day to have the new police chief be like, Hey, you know, this is what we caught someone. We got someone, you know, exactly. Like from 2000, like, you know, when they arrived in 2007 and, you know, passing away in 2010, you know, being murdered in 2010, that's what, four years? I don't, yeah, I'm not, that's not long I'm not all. mathing very well. That's not a long time. Yeah, that's four years. Yeah. Wait. No, that's... <laughs> don't ask me. That's three years. You know three what years. I mean. Three years. Yeah. We're close. So, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's not a lot of years to be somewhere. And so it's just, I keep checking and every so often I'll refresh reddit or i'll refresh yeah you know google just to see but all of the topics on or all the articles on google are the same they quote the same things the same stuff 
Yeah. Reddit gets kind of a little deeper, but then again, it's Reddit. I could yeah, go on there. Yeah, Reddit can yeah. go off the deep end, and it's, like, not even close to what it was yeah. before. Yeah, it, it, they turn, a lot of them are conspiracy theories. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's not something I'd touch. So it was yeah. weaning and out not, a lot not of that. saying that, yeah, not saying that it can't be a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, it's not. Yeah, no, no. I think, uh, I, I can't even say what I think it is because there's such little information because of the fact they did not release a murder weapon. They did not release cause of death. Anything that you yeah. could go, us, us true crime junkies can go, well, okay, there was a knife found. Okay, so there was obviously stabbing. You know, you, you can't even yeah. come up with a proper theory without a cause of death or a murder weapon. Exactly. So. And I mean, like, like you said, there were gunshots heard, yeah. but it wasn't a shooting. So what were but, the gunshots from? But also keep in mind, <laughs> us Regina people, we like our fireworks. Okay. And sometimes, especially in the area I'm in, which this area is on the other side, um, there's a game we like to play. Is it fireworks, gunshot or, or car backfiring? Oh, we play that in California yeah. too. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of that. So it could have, you know, it could have been someone just shooting off some fireworks. I know there's random fireworks and I go, Oh, what's, what's everybody partying about today? <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to discount her saying I heard gunshots, but a lot of the time those gunshots are fireworks, fireworks, something completely different because yeah, like they, okay. they didn't say there was gunshots. They didn't say there was a gun recovered. They didn't say anything. So it's one of those situations yeah. where you just, you hope that there's an update. You know, you feel bad. Like, you know, mama was pregnant and right. the little guy was only three years old and the dad was working so hard to make sure that they had a good life. You know, it's just, and, and that's the worst. Yeah. And it, uh, it really, it really affects you when it's just, so unknown. It's senseless. Mm-hmm. So it's... Here's hoping. Here's hoping uh, in a perfect world, all of these cases will find the murderers, the bodies, the reasons yeah. why people are crazy. So I think that just about wraps it up for today. Uh, be sure to follow us at AC Cold Case Talk on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Um, as always... We can't wait to hear from you. If you have ideas, theories, go ahead and share them with us. Yeah. And of course, all sources and contact information for tips will be listed in the show notes. So until next time, we still don't have a catchphrase. I figure something will come eventually. Yes. <laughs> but until next time. Until next time. We'll talk to you later.